Hi, this is Pastor Bob Yandian. Today is number two in our eternal salvation, talking about the fact that when we accepted Jesus as Lord and Savior, we retroactively went back to the work of the cross and everything that happened to Jesus happens to us. And the last thing was he was resurrected and seated at the right hand of the Father. You've been resurrected and seated at the right hand of the Father too, and he dies no more. Let's join today and come to the Word of God and find out about our eternal redemption. For more than 40 years, Bob Yandian has been an expositor of the Bible, making seemingly complicated doctrine easy to understand. Grab your Bible and study the Word of God with Bob Yandian. Hi, this is Pastor Bob Yandian. Welcome back again to Student of the Word. Glad to have you here today. And I turn to Romans chapter 6. We began a uh, two-part series yesterday. And what we're talking about is the fact that Christ dies no more. We're going to take that up from Scripture. He literally will not die again. We're going to talk about the fact we've been united with him. And if he doesn't die, we're not going to die, okay? So this thing about every day, well, I'm afraid of, you know, I'm not, I don't know if I'm saved anymore. Yeah, you're saved, okay? Jesus Christ died once. He's now in heaven. He's going to die no more. You died uh, with him once. You've been joined with him once, and you're going to die no more. You say, yeah, but you know, I'm prone to sin. Well, we're going to talk about that. Because in the book of 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 12, we read this yesterday. You don't need to turn there. But 2 Timothy 1.12 says this, I know in whom I have believed and am persuaded he is able to keep what I have committed to him against that day. It comes back to this, I'm saved by my will. I have believed, but I'm kept by his will. He's able to keep what I have committed unto him against that day. So the point of it is, is once I believed in him, that's what I'm supposed to do. And so, but his power after that is to keep me. And so I can't keep myself and he's not gonna believe for me. And so uh, Romans chapter six, I had you turn there. Take a look with me at verses five through 10. Here it says, for we have been united together in the likeness of his death. This is covenant relationship with him. It goes on to say, certainly we also shall be in the likeness of his resurrection. Knowing this, that our old man was crucified with him. That's the body that was in Adam. The life that was in Adam was crucified with him that the body of sin might be done away with. The body of sin is the nature of the flesh, which it hasn't been totally done away with yet, but it will be. We have dominion over it, power over it, that we should no longer be slaves to sin. Verse seven, for he who died has been freed from sin. That's the power of sin. We still have the presence of sin. We can choose to sin, but we've been freed from its power. Now, if we died with Christ, we believe we shall also live with him. And this is eternally. Verse nine, knowing this, here's something we need to know. Knowing that Christ having been raised from the dead dies no more. He died one time. He doesn't need to die again. There is no sin you'll ever commit that God the Father will look at Jesus and say, ooh, Oops, we forgot that one. And Jesus has to go back to the cross and die. It goes on to say there again, after knowing that Christ has been raised from the dead, dies no more, death no longer has dominion over him. For the death he died, he died to sin once. That was momentarily on the cross in three days and three nights in the heart of the earth for everyone. But the life he lives, he lives to God. I had no choice to be an Adam. I was born in Adam, but I have a, do have a choice to come out of Adam and be placed into Jesus. I had a choice to accept Jesus. The moment I did, I died in Adam. I was reborn into Jesus Christ, but it was my choice. I had no choice to be in Adam, but I have a choice to be in Jesus Christ. And that choice means that Jesus died for every sin except one, and he's not gonna die for that sin. I need to accept Jesus as my savior. It's one sin I have to judge for myself. Jesus judged all sins I've ever committed or will commit. 
on the cross except for one, and that's the one that keeps me out of heaven or lets me into heaven, and that's accepting or rejecting Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. That's the point of it. Second Corinthians chapter five tells us this, the love of Christ compels us. Verse 14 and 15, 2 Corinthians 5, 14 and 15, the love of Christ compels us because we conclude this, that if one died for all, that's everyone, that everyone died, we all died with Jesus on the cross. And he died for everyone so that those who live, might live, should live no longer for themselves, but for him who died for them and rose again. Everyone is dead. God sees everyone is dead, and we had no choice to be in that death, but not all live. That is a choice. I had no choice to be an Adam, but I have a choice to live with Jesus Christ. The cross brought death. The resurrection brings life. The whole world is dead to God already, but Jesus chose to be one with us in death but we choose to be one with him in resurrection. In other words, I'm already dead, but Jesus Christ chose to join me in death. But here's the point. Because he joined me in death doesn't mean I've been born again. No, I have to choose to be one with him in resurrection and eternal life. So again, I must say that Jesus chose to be one with me in death. I chose to be one with him in resurrection and eternal life, and it was given to me. Jesus died to sin one time, and now lives to God forever and forever, that's eternally. We too died to sin one time, and now we live to God eternally. Why? Because I joined the one who died to sin once and now has been raised to life, eternal life forever and forever. So again, we too died to sin one time and now live to God forever and forever. This raises up questions because people say, yeah, but what about a, a Christian who sins? I mean, have they lost their salvation? Well, the answer is no, because you're in Jesus Christ. But the point of it is, the Bible talks about a carnal Christian and a spiritual Christian. Notice, they're both attached to the word Christian, a carnal believer and a spiritual believer, both attached to the word believer. This is found in 1 Corinthians chapter three and defined in other sections of scripture. If sin began in a perfect being called Lucifer, could it happen again in the elect angels, the remaining perfect beings? If it's possible for an elect angel to sin, it would have happened. It has never happened because it cannot happen. It's impossible. Angels were given a one-time choice to make a one-time and eternal choice. The same thing is true with us in salvation. Now, they were given that one point, point in time right there. They had this one opportunity. And a third of the angels said, we're going with Lucifer. Two thirds of the angels decided they would stay with God. We have an, a one-time opportunity, but it's why we live. Now, the one-time opportunity means if you're here for 50 years, you can reject, reject, reject. But as long as you're in that time period, you can accept Jesus as Lord and Savior. Once that time period is over, you have made an eternal choice. You either chose against Jesus or for Jesus. Now, the point of it is, is angels were given a point of time. You and I have a period of time. And that period of time is while we are here on this earth. And it's possible, I'm gonna say this, I am totally against deathbed decisions. I mean, not totally, but you know, mainly against it because you've had a lifetime of opportunity to accept the Lord. It's sad to accept Jesus as Lord and Savior then not have any chance to live for him. But thank God you're born again. Take the thief on the cross. In the last seconds of his life, he said, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus said, today you'll be with me in paradise. Now he didn't have a chance in, by accepting Jesus earlier to live a good Christian life, do some good things for people, bring others into the kingdom of God. But the point of it was angels had that opportunity. 
it's, in other words, it's an angel today. Let's just say you take an elect angel that did not go with Lucifer. What if they said today, you know what? I think I'm missing some fun. I really wish I could make that choice. They can't. They had a, they had a one-time eternal decision. Those who fell, and I would certainly think it'd be more the other way, is that uh, you know angels that are fallen angels after all this time ago, man, I certainly made the wrong choice. Look at all this evil I'm in, and they're gonna be with God forever and forever. I'm gonna be with this lost creature forever and forever. And they say, I'd like to t- change my choice and today accept. No, once, you're, once that decision was made, elect angels remain elect angels, and fallen angels remain fallen angels, and never the two shall meet. The point of it is is that we're the same way after death. We have a lifetime to choose for Jesus Christ and thank God we have a longer time. But it's possible again to be in this lifetime and through your entire lifetime, reject, reject, reject and die in that rejection. After you die, there's no choice after that. Oh, we wanna make a purgatory where a person can purchase their way out. We wanna have another opportunity where a person can choose Jesus Christ, but it cannot happen. Jesus said, at the tomb of Lazarus, speaking to Mary and Martha, he said in that, in that talking to them, he said, whosoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Notice that whosoever lives and believes in me. After you're through living, you can't believe in him. While you're alive on this earth, whosoever is alive and believes in me shall never die. This is the time we have, and we're also told in the book of Hebrews that once we die and we go to be you know, into eternity, that we can't make a choice after that. It's appointed unto man one time to die, and after that, the judgment. If you reject Jesus Christ, and you die, you'll stand before the great white throne judgment. If you're a Christian and you die, you'll stand before the reward seat of Christ or the judgment seat of Christ where our works will be rewarded. So in one, by accepting Jesus Christ, you'll be forever in heaven. By rejecting Jesus Christ, you'll be forever in the in hell, leading to eventually the lake of fire forever and forever. It's impossible. Angels were given a one-time opportunity to make a one-time and eternal choice. I'm giving a life lifetime for me to have, even though I've rejected, I can still accept Jesus. And so we can do that. If it were still possible for an elect angel to sin, God would have to send redemption again through a second death of Jesus, making atonement for that sin. But our verse tells us Christ dies no more. Angels sin and their sins was judged when Jesus gave them a choice to accept Lucifer or God or reject Lucifer or God. The choice was eternal and could never be reversed. Man is given a one-time choice. He has many opportunities, but once the choice is made, the choice is one time. If a person accepts Jesus as Lord and Savior, they don't have a chance after that to reject Jesus as Lord and Savior and lose their salvation and lose their position. It's also true with a fallen angel who's gone on and rejected God to come back and receive, again, an elect angel position. So it is with this. Could a Christian commit a sin Jesus didn't die for? The answer is no. Jesus Christ died for every sin except for one rejection of himself, and that sin is left for every person to judge, and some judge it and go, no, I'm going to reject Jesus Christ. Others judge it and say, no, I'm going to accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. And again, after death, there's no changing of that. A Christian has removed the only sin standing in the way of eternal life. There's no more sin to be judged. A sinner has many opportunities to make a decision, but like fallen angels, once made, 
The decision is eternal. Only a sinner can commit the sin of rejecting Jesus Christ. If Jesus died for that sin, then everyone would be saved whether they wanted to or not and free will would be eliminated. Let me say that again, because that's being taught today. People said when Jesus went to the cross, he died for the whole world and he also forgave the whole world and judged everybody's sins and everybody that comes into this life is automatically saved. This is called universalism. It's also called inclusion which denies God's character, who gave angels and man a free will. A Christian has judged the sin of rejection of Jesus at the point of salvation by accepting Jesus as Savior. I'm going to say that again. A Christian has judged the sin of rejection of Jesus, the one he didn't die for, at the point of salvation by accepting Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. At that point, there is no more sin for Jesus to die for. If it were possible for a Christian to commit a sin not covered by the cross, Jesus would have to die again, but he dies no more. If Christ dies no more, Bob dies no more. I am in Jesus Christ. There's not a sin held against me. Oh, I can have problems in life with sin, but once I confess it, it's taken care of, but a sinner can't do that, only a believer can. I'll see you right after the break. Romans New Testament Commentary is a verse-by-verse teaching of the Book of Romans from the personal study notes of Pastor Bob Yandian. In his letter to the Romans, Paul clarified the principle of justification and whether it is by deeds of the law or by the work of God. Paul reveals that the law has never been a means of salvation, and that faith has always been the means of spirituality regardless of the dispensation. This epistle also helps us to understand how we may gain victory over the flesh. If we as believers walk according to our new nature, the inward man, we are controlled by the Holy Spirit and not the sin nature. To order Romans New Testament Commentary, visit our website at bobbyendian.com. Theology Simplified is a practical guide to foundational biblical truth. Basic doctrines are not difficult, but easy to understand. They often become disguised as complicated or deep-sounding words, but the definitions are simple. Pastor Bob makes complex theological concepts clear and practical. Eight crucial doctrines of the Christian faith are demystified. Redemption, justification, sanctification, reconciliation, predestination, election, propitiation, and glorification. These eight precepts, essential for all believers to understand, come to light as you read and arrive at a deeper understanding of the finished work of Jesus Christ. To order Theology Simplified, visit our website at bobyandian.com. Bob Yandian Ministries is training up a new generation in the Word of God. Because of your generosity, this teaching ministry is able to change countless lives. You will never know until you get to heaven how many people received Jesus, were filled with the Holy Spirit, healed or found God's will for their life through your support and prayers. If you would like to become a partner with Bob Yandian, visit bobyandian.com and click on Partnership. Here's something I want you to think about. Understand this, Jesus was crucified, died, buried, quickened or made alive again, raised and ascended and seated in heaven alone. And yet the Bible tells us we joined him. Again, 
crucified, died, buried, quickened, raised, ascended and seated in heaven all by himself. But he didn't die for himself. He died for us. But when he did all this, he was alone. But here's the point. Through faith in Jesus Christ, I am retroactively taken back there and united to Christ eternally. I'm going to give you seven retroactive truths, uniting the cross to us, because the cross was over 2,000 years ago, and many say today, well, so it happened 2,000 years ago. What's that got to do with me today? Everything, because even though Jesus Christ did it alone, I today can choose to join him 2,000 years ago in all those things he did. So I'm going to give you seven retroactive truths that unite the cross to us, our blood covenant, our union with Jesus Christ includes these. Number one is crucifixion. Galatians chapter two and verse 20 tells us the moment I believe in Jesus Christ, I was crucified with you. You say, but I wasn't there. I wasn't even born yet. This is retroactive. The moment I have faith in Jesus Christ, God sees me united with him in his death on the cross. I was crucified with him. Galatians 2.20. I have been. Notice it's past tense. And Paul here is referring back to that time, but he wasn't on the cross with Jesus. In Galatians 2.20, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. I'm in union with him. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Again, when I accepted Jesus, I was five years old, but you know what God saw? He saw five-year-old Bobby go about 2,000 years ago, and I saw he saw me united with him on the cross. So Jesus might have died alone, but now Bob just joined him. And he died for me. He didn't die for himself because he had no sin of his own. He wasn't crucified for himself. He was crucified for me. I have been crucified with Christ, but it's no longer I who lives. Now that I got joined to Jesus, Jesus Christ now lives in me. And the life I now live in this flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God. A sinner can't say that, but the moment I accepted Jesus, he joined me and we became joined together for the rest of my life and into eternity. Number two, we died with Christ. Colossians chapter three and verse three, for you died and your life is hid with Christ in God. I was born in Adam and then one day I died in Adam to be resurrected, born again, and joined into union with Jesus Christ. You know what this means? I will never stand before the great white throne judgment. Never. I will stand before the Lord at the time of the rewards, the reward seat of Christ. But as a Christian, I will never, ever have to go to hell. No, I was born in Adam. I died in Adam. I was resurrected, born into Jesus Christ. And at the great white throne judgment, it's not good works versus bad works, but whether you're in Adam or in Christ. Anyone who stands before God at the great white throne judgment will be a sinner, but they're gonna to appeal to their good works and God's gonna say, no, it's not that. He says, those names not found written in the book of life are cast in the lake of fire. Those names found written in the book of life, that's me, are in heaven. How did I get placed in the book of life? I simply accepted Jesus as my Lord and Savior. I was part of a dead tree. Now I'm part of a living tree. In heaven, all God's gonna look at is this. Are you joined to Adam or joined to Christ? I'm joined to Christ. Well, then come on in. I'm joined to Adam. You can't come. But I've been a good person, but you're joined to Adam. I Listen, I've been very moral, but you're joined to Adam. I can be in Christ and listen, I could have been that thief on the cross that did nothing but seem like sin all my life. But you know what? I'm joined to Jesus Christ. That's why I can go to heaven. That's the only prerequisite, the only dividing line. Those names not found written in the book of life are cast into the lake of fire. Number three, 
I was buried with him. Not only did I go to the cross with him and crucified, but not only did I die with him, I was buried with him. Even though he did it by himself, now retroactively, I go back and join him by faith. Romans 6, 4. We were buried with him through baptism into death. Just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of God, even so we also walk in newness of life. Which means the next thing, I was quickened with him. Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 5 says, When we were dead in trespasses, he has quickened us or made us alive together with Christ. Jesus Christ went to the cross and was crucified. Bob joined him. The moment I said, I want Jesus Christ to be my Lord and Savior, I joined him on the cross and was crucified with him. I joined him when he died. I joined him when he was buried. But after three days and three nights, he was quickened and made alive. Bob was quickened and made alive. I joined him in that. It has nothing to do with me. I joined him. And Ephesians 2, 5 says again, he has made us alive together with Christ. Number five, I joined him in resurrection. So we were raised up with Christ. Colossians chapter 2 and verse 12 says, buried with him in baptism, in which also you were raised with him through faith in the working of God who raised him from the dead. So here we have it again. I was crucified with him. I died with him. I was buried with him. I was quick and made alive with him, but I was also raised from the dead with him. Hallelujah. Number six, I ascended with him. We ascended and we are seated together in heavenly places. And this is Ephesians chapter two and verse six. He raised us up together. Notice this together. I couldn't be raised up unless I was joined to him. And when I was joined to him, all the things that happened to him happened to me. Yes, I was crucified, died, buried, quickened, made alive. But now he also has seated me together in heavenly places. In Ephesians 2, 6, we were raised up together and made us sit together. I'm seated with him. Yes, he's seated at the right hand of the Father, but guess who's also seated at the right hand of the Father? I am because I'm in Christ. I have nothing of my own. Everything I have, I share with Jesus Christ. I didn't raise myself. God raised us up. I didn't die with Jesus by myself. No, I was joined with him. Everything he went through has been given to me. I went through his death, burial, resurrection, and now I'm ascended into heaven, seated with him. And everything I have in heaven simply comes because I'm joined to the one who's been blessed. I share his blessings. Listen, Jesus Christ is the heir of everything, but I'm a joint heir with him. Why? Because I'm in him. I'm joint heirs with Jesus Christ. That's part of me being seated with him in heavenly places. I enjoy all the beauty of heaven now and the rest of it when I get there. I'm simply saying the things that I have now are wonderful, but when I get to heaven, the rest of it's gonna be given to me. I will have the eternal blessings there. And next of all, a resurrection body. I'm gonna have a resurrection body and that's yet to come because I'm just like him, I'm in him. First Corinthians 15 verse 20 says this, but now Christ is risen from the dead and become the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. Verse 49, as we have been born in the image of the man of dust, that's Adam, we shall also bear the image of the heavenly man, that's Jesus Christ. Oh, how wonderful. Again, what a wonderful thing to say. So those seven things retroactively, Bob, in, fa in fact, when I prayed that prayer as a five-year-old, it only took a few seconds. At the end of it, I was a new creation in Christ Jesus. But you know what happened during those five seconds? I was crucified with him. 
I died with him. I was buried with him. I was quickened with him, raised from the dead with him, ascended into heaven and seated at the right hand of the Father and also will one day share a resurrection body with him just like him. Why? Because of my simple act of faith and in a split second of time, I was joined with Jesus. That's retroactive, gone back with him. And now because of that, I'm identified with him in in the past, but I'm also identified him in the present, and I'll be identified with him forever and forever throughout all eternity. A resurrection body will have one just like him. Here's the point again. Jesus will never repeat the cross. He'll never repeat the death, the ascension, resurrection, and he'll never repeat redemption. Romans chapter 6, verses 9 and 10. Here's a great verse of scripture. Knowing that Christ, having been raised from the dead, dies no more. It's where we began. Jesus Christ will die no more. And the next goes on to say, and death no longer has dominion over him. For the death he died, he died to sin one time. And for all to the life he lives, he lives to God. In other words, something happened to him temporarily to bring him into something they'll have forever and forever. He's temporarily died to sin one time. It lasted for three days and three nights, was raised from the dead. And he did that for everyone. But the life he lives, he lives to God eternally. The moment I accept Jesus as Lord and Savior for one split second, I join him in death. But right after that, I join him in resurrection and eternal life. Jesus was crucified one time and will never be crucified again. Again, Jesus was crucified one time. He'll never be crucified again. Jesus died one time and will never die again. Jesus was buried one time and will never be buried again. Jesus was made alive one time and he never will be quickened again. Jesus was raised from the dead once and will never be raised again. Jesus was taken to heaven once and will never be taken back there again. Jesus was seated in heaven one time and will not be seated again. All those seven things that happened to Jesus happened one time and they'll never be happening again. I am one with him. After one time, I will never be crucified, died, be buried, quickened, raised, or taken to heaven or seated again. Once I did it, it will never happen again. I cannot go back and be uncrucified. I cannot go back and undie. I cannot go back and be unburied, unquickened, unraised, or untaken to heaven in with him. It all happened one time. And now that Jesus Christ is in heaven, we and Jesus are attached. When I hurt, he hurts. He shares the feelings of our infirmities. Now Christ dies no more. And although death had dominion over him previously, it no longer does. I want to say that again. Jesus Christ dies no more. Although death had dominion over him earlier, it has no longer dominion over him. Death previously had dominion over me. No longer does it have dominion over me. Since we share his resurrection life, we are alive forevermore. For me to die, Jesus would have to die too. And for Jesus to die, I would have to die too. It's impossible for me through sin to lose my eternal life and join the sinners as it is for an elect angel to sin and join the fallen angels. John chapter 10, verse 28 and verse 29. I give to them eternal life. That's you and me who have accepted Jesus, not intermittent life, eternal life. I give to them eternal life and they shall never perish. Neither shall anyone snatch them out of my hand. My father who has given them to me is greater than all and no one is able to snatch them out of my father's hands. Listen to this, for me to lose salvation, he would have to lose his salvation. Jesus Christ dies no more. Bob dies no more.
you might as well stick your name in there. If Jesus dies no more, Linda dies no more. Bill dies no more. Wayne dies no more. Anne dies no more. We could put our names in there. You know why? Because I am in Christ. And since he dies no more, I will never, ever die myself. Can we still miss it? Of course we do. We're still down here in this natural body, but it still comes back to this. Because I committed a sin doesn't mean I died in Christ. No, I'm in Christ and alive forever more. Jesus Christ dies no more. We die no more. He'll forgive us of our sins. He's faithful and just, but we be forever and still are with him right now in heaven and we'll join him there one day. Have a great day. You can order resources, become a partner, or browse free articles and podcasts. You can also join our mailing list and receive weekly devotions and the latest ministry updates. Visit bobyandian.com. To contact us by mail, use the address on your screen. Thank you for watching today's broadcast. We'll see you next time on Student of the Word with Bob Yandian.